Amen. Yes. Can we thank the Lord for the worship team? Give the Lord a hand. Good morning, everyone. Wow, it is good to be in the house of the Lord on Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it's good to be here. You know, the Super Bowl Sunday of the church is Easter, they say, but this is still a fun day. Um, before we, can, can I ask you to do something else? Can you stand, all stand up for a moment? And I want you to go meet someone you have never met before and tell them something you're thankful for in your own life. Let's go ahead and take a couple minutes. Someone you have not met before. So that's kind of going to stretch you. I know it. Okay, good job, boy. Now we're going to do something else. You can be seated. We're going to pray for Pastor James and Emily and their family as they are continuing to uh, rest and get refreshed on their sabbatical. Can we pray for them this morning? Lord God, we just thank you for our pastor and for their, their family, Lord God, the opportunity they have to just get away and rest and be refreshed and refueled. And we pray, Lord God, that uh, you would encourage them, that you would pour into them. And Father, we are, um, we're fine, Lord. We know that, that they're gone and they're not here right now, but we're fine because we know this is your church, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that they would also have that settledness and, their, and that peace even as in their, they're in this season of sabbatical rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is awesome to be with you guys as we continue this series called Marked. Uh, I saw the, the image, and it has a thumbprint, and all I could think about was my old iPhone. And I wish I still had it because it was so easy to log on to the iPhone that way. Now um, you have to do face recognition, and most of the time, if you have your mask on, it won't recognize you, right? So let's bring back the, the, the thumbprint. But today we're going to be talking about how God has marked each one of us with a, with a calling upon our life. How many of you know you are called? Seriously, you are called. We are, we're not all called to the same thing, but we are all called. Jesus calls us first to himself, and then he calls us to others. And today we're going to be talking about what it means to consider that calling. Many of you don't know me, and, and uh, I look forward to months and years to get to know people more and more, but I want to tell you a little bit about uh, when I was about 10 years old. When I was 10 years old, I lived in North Miami Beach, Florida, and uh, that's where I actually got saved back in that area when I was 13. But at 10 years old, I remember coming home from school. And uh, there was a commotion, things that were happening in this apartment complex we lived in. It was this apartment complex called Sail Cove. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It, it was probably about 10 different buildings, and they, they made a circle, and in the circle was a little, uh, well, quite a large-sized pond. And I remember walking home from school, and there was a commotion. There were fire trucks. There was a crowd of people, and they were all gathered around the, the pond, and as I walked and trying to figure out what was happening and walked through, I, I, I saw something that just was so hard for me to see. And it was 
my mom. She had went into that pond and attempted to drown herself. Now, my mom had and dad both have, uh, were addicts, and so they struggled all their life with addictions. But on that particular day at 10 years old, when I saw what was happening, I felt a lot of different emotions, as you can imagine. Now, fortunately, my mom was brought out of the water, and, and she was uh, rescued at that time. But still, the emotions that I felt, I was embarrassed as a 10-year-old. I was so sad. I was confused. I started to question, you know, even just everything about my life. That was just one traumatic experience. I had a lot of them growing up, but that particular one marked me in a way. Many of us have been marked by things that have happened in our past, been marked by things people have said to us, been marked by things that we believe about ourselves that may not be true. But I want to tell you that even though that was a painful experience, when you look back and see this is who I was and this is where God is bringing me, it brings hope to us to know that, that we are not marked by our circumstances. We are not marked by uh, being victims, but we are marked and called by Jesus first and foremost. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 26 through 31. Today we want to talk about what it means to be marked and called by Christ. Last week, Pastor Jake did an awesome job talking about how God marks us so the world would be able to see the incredible love that he has for us and we, when we share that to others, that it's only God that calls us and empowers us to live out our calling. But we can't remain in a place of feeling unworthy. Now, we are not worthy of his love in the sense that, you know, on our own strength. But he determines that he loves us and we need to embrace that. I remember um, when I was, we just had planted a church uh, in New Hampshire. And uh, this was, boy, it has to be like 26 years ago or maybe, maybe not that long ago. But we had just um, moved into a building. And um, we, we know what, the, what, the, what it feels like, what you guys are, what we're all walking through in this building being sold and now finding another place. And well, we were moving into a building for the first time. And uh, there was this guy that I knew um, who our kids played ball together. And I invited him to the church. And I said, you, you've got to come visit the church, you know. And, and he was not a churchgoer. In fact, he was pretty crude and rude, and, and he said, oh, I can't come to your church. I said, well, why not? He said, because if I come to your church, the, the, the ceiling will open up, and God will strike lightning down, and you guys will all be dead. <laughs> and I remember saying to him, man, that would have happened a long time ago, because we got some pretty bad dudes, <laughs> and you ain't the worst. <laughs> but you know, when we believe that about ourselves, it's hard for us to receive God's love. So here's what it tells us in 1 Corinthians 26, chapter 1, 26 to 31. For consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Hmm. Let's stop there. 
Now that is all of us, right? Not, not, we're, I'm, I'm, maybe some of you here have some nobility in your background, but I don't. <laughs> but God chose what is foolish, yes, that's me, in the world, <laughs> to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This morning, let's understand that we are marked And that we can consider the calling. That's what it's saying here. Consider your calling. That means think about it. That means to kind of take it in. To consider something is to evaluate it. When Paul wrote these words, he was addressing people just like us. Ordinary people. People who were engaged in all kinds of things that were outside of the will of God. Some were idolaters. They were working on their own strength, their own self-effort. They had their own kind of wisdom that was associated with might and power, and they thought that's what we need to do to be more influential. And so he starts the first of these two letters to the church at Corinth by bringing them into a reality check as well as giving them hope. See, the reality is you're not really anything, so stop thinking yourself of something. But the hope is, but guess what? That doesn't matter because God's called you. Isn't that refreshing? That is so refreshing. You're not anything. I'm not anything. But that's not how God looks at us because he has something more for us. It's like he says, what is, isn't what can be. What is, isn't what can be, he's saying. So we live in a day that's so similar because it's always, in our culture, Isn't it more important to be on top than be on the bottom, right? We don't want to be weak. We want to be strong. And yet, if someone would know your past like they know my past or any of our past, they would say the same thing that we know about ourselves. We we can hide it. But what Scripture is saying here is there's this contrast between being wise and foolish, being powerful and being weak being noble and being lowly. Now, if you were to look at that chart without just you personally, you don't have to advertise it, you don't have to tell everyone, but is it, do you fit into the side that is wise, powerful, and noble, or the side that is foolish, weak, and lowly? Right? I mean, we want to be on that left side. In fact, so many people act like they are on that side, but the reality is that if we were going to consider our calling, we need to start with the place of weakness. I was 16 years old when um, I had a pastor who encouraged me to be call- th- that I was called into ministry. Now, at 16 years old, um, you know, that wasn't on my mind. I mean, I loved Jesus. I was part of the youth group. But I remember my pastor. Uh, this is when I lived in Long Island. Pastor Ross Davey. Pastor Davey was a unique guy. He was this Italian pastor with an afro and a Fu Manchu mustache. 
And he was tall. Uh, I mean, not a, there's not a lot of tall Italians. And he was this tall dude. And, and he, I remember him coming to me and saying, I believe that God has a calling on your life into ministry. And I was like, Pastor Davey, that's impossible. You don't know, like, my family. I'm, I'm the only one in my family that's a Christian. I wasn't raised in the church like these other kids in the youth group. But he saw something in me. And I thought I was unqualified. But he said that I was called. And that just spoke in That marked me. Those kind of encouraging words began to mark me. And I want to tell you that it's this idea of being called is not just called into ministry as a pastor or as a clergy person or as somebody who's ordained or licensed or works in the church, but every one of us have a calling to where we are. It's unique. It's a unique calling. In fact, I don't know if it's on your notes, but I think I, I wrote here somewhere, consider your calling and live out your unique kingdom contribution. Every one of us have a unique kingdom contribution. Doesn't look like the person's next to you. Aren't you glad? You've got your own. That's how, that's how personal God is. He gives each one of us our own, our own situation, our own neighborhood, our own people group, our own family. He knows all of that, and he gives us this unique kingdom contribution. So we're going to talk about Three areas of calling, and I want to start with the first one, which is what we have been called from, called from. I know many of us would kind of like to move on from the past, right? <laughs> I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about what I had to walk through. I don't want to think and, and have to rehash that. And man, I've already had a lot of counseling over that. I don't want to go back, right? <laughs> But it, it's so interesting because when you read Paul's writing, he keeps going back. He said, let me tell you how, what a scoundrel I was. Let me tell you how bad it was. I was the least. I don't deserve any of it. I mean, he, he told, he was vulnerable in his writing because it's important to know and remember what we were called from. Because here's the truth. Even though we are born again, we still can't erase the pieces of our life that shaped us. Now, Jesus will redeem them, but we can't erase them. Anyone do the um, um, Ancestry.com or 23andMe? Anyone ever do those things? I, I did mine. Those are fun to do. You kind of see what your history was, your, your past. Your, and then you connect with people that are in that community and realize, wow, I'm related to them and all of that. Well, you can't erase that stuff. I'm always going to be... My background uh, ethnically is I am half Jewish and half Italian. That will always be who I am. I can't change that. Uh, and frankly, there's a lot of it that I don't want to change. It's great food, <laughs> great culture. <laughs> there's a lot about that that's good. So I'm always going to be that person. When I, I remember when I went to college, I, I had a really heavy... Long Island accent. And I went to college in Oklahoma where they don't have any accent. And so I was like, they, they laughed at me. And I was like, everything in me wanted to change my accent. But I, and it's gotten a little bit lighter because, you know, through the years, lived in different places. 
But the reality is I will always be, and you, know, you and I will always carry part of our heritage with us. And that's a good thing. Because the blood of Jesus will cleanse us of all unrighteousness, but it doesn't erase your lineage, your family, your bloodline. Remember what you have been called from. That's what makes it so incredible because we can't boast. We can't glory in his presence. Maybe you were the first one in your family to go to college. Perhaps you rose from a background of poverty and now you own your own home. Maybe your parents and their parents and their parents were divorced, but you're in a marriage that's a committed one. All of that is, also, is so incredible, but you know what? You can't boast in that. <laughs> I can't boast in that. We give the glory to Jesus for that. As painful as it may be what you, to think about what you were called from, you know what that does? It points to hope. It is a common story that we share with people who are still there, right? That I, I know what it was to be there, and I don't forget. When we start forgetting, we start judging. When we start, you know, we start judging. It's like, oh, man, can you believe those people are like that? Well, wait a second, that, I was like that. That's when I, when I was talking to that, that dude I told you at our church. I was like, you think you got, you, you're bad? No, man, you ain't bad. We've all been there. When we, when we forget what we were called from, we can become judgmental toward those that are still there. Consider your calling and live out your unique kingdom contribution. The second thing is what we are called to. What we are called to. So we, we, we move from the what used to be to now understand what God is calling us to right now. Anyone who's been walking for Je with Jesus for any length of time knows that Jesus is not just interested in doing things for us, but he's interested in loving us and knowing us and making us his sons and daughters. He's making us his sons and daughters. We are marked as his sons and daughters. Before we're called to some great task, some great thing, some, you know, whatever it may be, we have to embrace first and foremost that we are called to him. We are called to him, to know him, to love him, to know his love for us. I remember, again, back when I planted a church, I can tell you each week there was this subtle voice that spoke to me that I wasn't worthy of it, that I had a lot to do, I had people to minister to, I had all these things, these needs to be met, and, and then, but, but then the Lord would always remind me, first and foremost, you are called to me. And, and, out of, and then out of that, everything flows. And in your life, too, you say, well, there's so many people around me that have needs. They are, yes, there are. The poor, Scripture says, we will always have with us. There's always going to be needs to be met. You may say, well, you know, but I have so many responsibilities. Yes, we all do. We can relate. But before you are called to any of those things, you and I are first called to Him. We're called to Him. 
Why is that so important? Because in order for us to consider our calling, it's got to be birthed, first of all, by his love for us, his grace, his mercy, a relationship with him. Right? We don't, we don't bring people to know Jesus, nor do we come to know Jesus in order to do things for Jesus. We come to him because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to know us, and he wants us to be known. So we're not called because of what we do. We are called because of whose we are. We are called because of whose we are. To know that each of us are his children. You think about that. I mean, it just seems so basic, right? His children. But think about your own children. I have three kids, and two of our three kids were married this last year. Our daughter got married in April. Our son got married in September. We have a third son, our oldest, and uh, he he's, lives in L.A., and we're praying he's going to be getting married soon, too. But when you think about your children, there's just... It doesn't matter what they've done, how they are. There's just a, there, you get this warmth in your heart. And they're always your children. I mean, my son's going to be 31 this month. I know I was like really young when I had kids. No, I'm okay. <laughs> Wasn't that young, really. But when you think, I mean, it doesn't matter. That's, that's my son. And you're proud of them, right? You just, you, you have these thoughts about them. And even when they're not doing so well, what happens then? Your heart breaks. You're sad because they're your children. So now translate that to how God believe, thinks about us as his children. We are his, his. We are his loved ones. No, it's not because, he, it's not because we've done great things. That, oh, where's those great ones? Those go- yeah, you're going to be my son because you're like on the top of the world. no. Think about, think about the disciples that he called. I mean, they were, most of them were flunkies. They couldn't make it in the rabbinical school, so they became fishermen. And no, that's the ones I'm calling. Those are the ones, the unqualified ones, just like you and me. Those are my sons and daughters. That's how we can consider our calling and live out our unique kingdom contribution. Let me read this scripture to you. It's from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. It's not going to be on the screen, but this is, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, his son in the faith. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Listen to this. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And he says, I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, meaning the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So so Paul is saying, this is what I was called from, and this is who I am called to. That 
His grace, His mercy, even though formerly that was my life, still He came to me while I was yet a sinner. We are called to Him. The third thing, called for. So we, we understand what He brought us from. We understand that our first and foremost calling is to Him. But what is next after that? Because it doesn't end here. Anything we do is put in its right place when we get the first two things in line. I think about Abraham. Abraham was called to be God's child, the father of many nations, the father of faith. He was blessed. Remember, remember God spoke blessing over him. You're going to be so blessed. You're going to be so blessed. You're going to be so blessed. And then he says, and you're going to be a blessing to others. See, it doesn't end with us. It does, it does, this is not the end. It's not like this is all the good stuff I get now because I'm a child of God. No, it's you get to have it and receive it and experience it in order to be a blessing to others. That's what it means to have a unique kingdom contribution. And what areas are you called to be a blessing to others. Not the same thing, not the same way, not the same passion, not the same vision, not the same anything, but all of us being a blessing. So every one of you here, every one of us has a certain bent, specific gifts, and calling you are a certain personality. So unique, so unique. So you have desires, you have joys, you have plans, you have goals, you have priorities, you have dreams, so unique. But as we take all of those things, I want you just to kind of envision all, all those things I mentioned that are specific about you. You take all of those things and you get them together and you stick them in a blender. And this is God's blender. You cover that up. You push the button and you, this smoothie comes out. And it's just like this, you, this is you, your calling, the calling smoothie. <laughs> and it represents just who you are so that you can be refreshing and a blessing to others. And how our calling takes place there's different seasons to that, aren't you? Don't you know that? I mean, there, when our kids were little, we were in that season. When they got older, we were in that season. When they became teenagers, ha, we were in that season. But now we're empty nesters, and it's a different season. We have different free. All of us have different seasons. So your calling doesn't change, but how it's implemented in the seasons will adjust. It adjusts. How our calling is expressed will adjust. So here's kind of a, a warning to all of this. Don't try to create your own calling. Don't try to determine, okay, this is what I'm called to, and without submitting and putting it in that smoothie <laughs> and letting God deal with it. Consider your calling without trying to direct your calling. Oh, that's hard. I know. I mean, I don't know about you, but 
control is my middle name. So <laughs> I want to, okay, this is what I'm called, and I'm going to now, no. There's a lot of, we have a lot of examples in the Bible of people who, may, who did that, and it, we have, don't do that, examples, right? Abraham was one, don't do that. You got Ishmael now, and we're all still dealing with that today, right? Don't do, there's a, a lot of don't do that's. So don't try not to direct your calling. But as you kind of walk in peace and by the Spirit of God, he will lead you in places that you wouldn't ever imagine. That's how Lisa and I ended up here in, in Tampa. I mean, I didn't think we would ever live here. Ever. God, you just, you drew us here. You brought this all about and funny today we have guests with us here at the church Michael and Bethany I don't want to embarrass them but they were part of our church in New Hampshire and when we re when we planned to move here we connected with them because they live right in Clearwater or Dunedin actually and they were like part of our church and Michael I think you came to the Lord at Grace Capital and I think how God arranges, will you just, just go his way and he just directs things. And it reminds me of a time where Lisa and I went to Italy. And um, we went with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Lisa's brother and his wife. And um, we started out a couple of days in, in Rome and then we drove up different areas. We went out to... Sicily, actually, but in between, we went to the wine country area, and we came to this, I mean, I, we were just like in this little car, and of course, the roads there are crazy, so we were driving and trying to figure out different places, and we went to this vineyard, or this winery, and we asked the lady there before, we left, hey, where's a good place for lunch, and she pointed away to us, and we started driving, and it was like the craziest drive. We're like, wait a second, this can't be right. I mean, we went under these little arches where the car barely fit through, and then we're cl climbing up a hill there, and, you know, it's like, but she said it's this way, and no, we have got to be lost. And then all of a sudden, we turned the corner, and we came to this mountain village called Monte Pulciano. And it was the most, it was like, it was like, so picturesque, so beautiful. It's like what Epcot tries to reproduce, you know? <laughs> and it was there. It was real. These little shops on these cobblestone looking over this hillside. It was so incredible. I realized something as we got there is that we would have missed it if we would have tried to control it. <laughs> Oh, no, this can't be the right way. Let's get that GPS working right. You know, this is, no, we just, we just went for it. And we ended up at a place that we will never, ever forget again. Off the beaten path, not our agenda. In each season, we resubmit ourselves and our calling to the Lord and trust Him. Imagine what it would be in our life if each day, we consider our calling, where we've been called from, who we are called to, and what we are called for in this season that we're in.
that afternoon when I saw my mom being pulled out of the water, again, felt so sad, so embarrassed, so, I mean, the emotions were just all out of control. I could never imagine <laughs> that God would bring me where I am today to have an incredible wife, a beautiful family, an opportunity to share his word with others and my story with others, a pastor, a leader. And yet, as I consider my calling, I know that he's always had a plan. There's been ups and downs, valleys and hilltops, and there still are, and there always will be. I say to my kids sometimes, you, you guys don't know how good you have it. You ever say that to your kids? <laughs> kids, you ever hear that from your parents? Oh, man, when I was growing up, yeah, exactly. But I have to catch myself because the truth is, is I have no idea how good I have it. Thanks to Jesus and his call on my life. It's the same for us. Could you bow your heads as we pray? Lord Jesus, all of us here, there's not one of us here that doesn't have a past. Maybe things we were just victims of or things that we did that we regret or just circumstances in our life or just things that we look back and compare ourselves and maybe words that were spoken over us or things we believed about ourselves. Lord God, we were marked a certain way, but Jesus, the truth is, is that it's out of that place. Your word says that you rescued us out of the miry clay. Oh, Lord God, because you love us. Remind us, Lord, we are your children, your sons, your daughters. We are called to you. And with that, Lord God, the blessing that we have to be a blessing, to be a blessing, to consider our calling and our unique kingdom contribution, to live that out humbly, not controlling it, but trusting you in each step of the way. We are marked by you, Lord God, by your love for us and by your calling on our life. I pray that for everyone here today, Lord God, uniquely, not trying to copy, imitate, impersonate, cover up, look a certain way. Just be who you have called us to be in this season. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, and your mercy over our lives. Before we close in prayer, you may be here today and feel like, wow, I didn't realize that God loves me so much that he has a calling on my life. And maybe you've never surrendered yourself to that kind of love. Not a love that looks upon you because you've done something well or looks down upon you because you haven't, but a love that loves you just where you're at. The love of Jesus who gave himself for each one of us. So before, as you just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor Peter, I didn't realize God loves me that much and I, I, I'd like to give my life to Him, to surrender to Him. I don't know where that's going to even bring me, but I do know one thing. I want to experience His love like that. If you're here today and for the very first time you'd like to do that, would you just lift your hand wherever you are?
Or maybe you just haven't understood or comprehended this calling on your life. And today you're saying, I, I want to step into that even greater way. Would you lift your hand? I want to step into that calling on my life in an even greater way. Yes, yes, yes. Lord God, for the hands raised, for the hearts raised, we surrender to you, all of us, and recommit ourselves to your love for us and your calling upon our life. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.